are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back in, everybody. What do you guys think about that intro? I personally love it. Uh, i got to give a shout-out to Jared at Belly Up Sports, um, the Corner Booth Podcast, for putting that together for us. Uh, he did a fantastic job, and he's just a big supporter of what we've been doing over here so far. So big shout-out to Jared. Yeah, thanks, Jared, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Well, uh, before we jump on in, what do you think about this last week of the regular season we had? Uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, I, um, I I was excited to watch it for sure, and it was a uh, it was a uh, very entertaining last week. Um, not too many huge surprises. Um, you know, we had some teams on the bubble um, in in the Reds. The, the in, basically the entire NL Central was on the bubble, um, other than the Cubs. And then the, the AL Central um, had that great division race to see who would get that division title. Um, and uh, it turned out to be uh, down to the last day for the for both. Um, the Brewers got in on the last day with the, with the Giants losing, um, even though the Brewers didn't have a great weekend. Um, the Cardinals ended up coming away with that second spot in the, in the Central and the NL Central, and then the AL Central. We had the fantastic finish with the uh, with the uh, the uh, the Twins somehow pulling out that division after the White Sox had a three game lead with a week to play. Um, yeah, they and, had uh, to win. They had to win two of their last eight games yes. to win the division. The White Sox did, and they and, won one. Yes, they and, and not only did the White Sox fall from the division leader and potentially the number two seed, they actually fell all the way to the seven seed um, and only getting in because of the, the expanded wild card. So uh, that was pretty crazy. I thought as the, as the Indians ended up catching the white Sox as well. So the white Sox went from first to third of the division in the last week um, and uh, it changed the matchup that they're going to have in the, here in the postseason. So um, yeah, we, we actually recorded part of this episode yesterday um we're now recording it on monday the day before the wild card round starts um and late last night we actually found out that some of the uh seedings had switched based off tiebreakers and stuff like that so that's why we're having to push this episode back um back a day but this is a it's jam-packed so we're just gonna head and go ahead and jump right on into this yeah, for sure. uh, and, and let's start with the al uh you got the number one seed tampa bay rays against the number eight seed toronto blue jays um, interdivision matchup here. Uh, they played each other 10 times this season. The Rays won six of those 10. And they have a clear advantage in the pitching here. Um, I'm they're, they're, The Rays are going to start Blake Snell in game one. Uh, the Blue Jays are going with Matt Shoemaker instead of Hunjin Ryu, which is a shocker to me. But uh, with Glass now and Morton going game two and three, this heavily leans in the Rays' favor. Yes, um, the the Rays have uh, their number one starter pitching game one that you know or a uh, former Cy Young winner um, Blake Snell, um, you know, coming off injury this year had a had a pretty decent year. Um, I was surprised the Blue Jays uh, pitch are pitching Shoemaker game one and Ryu game two. Um, that was a little bit surprising to me just because Ryu's been their guy all year. But I do get it. You know, Ryu would pitch a potential. Uh, a potential elimination game or clinching game if he pitches game two, whereas game one, you know, maybe there's not quite as much pressure, although game one's going to be a huge deal in all these series to, to get that upper hand. Um, 
So I think um, it, it's interesting to see how that'll work out, you know, flip-flopping the year one and two guys. Um, the, uh, the game three being Morton versus Walker, I think is a very, very much in favor of the Rays. Uh, both teams, uh, pretty good lineups. The Blue Jays, uh, you know, have so, you know, had them young guys that played really well this year. Uh, a breakout from Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, Bo Bichette playing really well. You know, he had that little bout with an injury mid- midway through the season, but he's back now. Uh, Vlad Jr. has played a little bit better as of late. Um, you know, he's uh, a guy that has struggled to get the ball in the in the air. He's, he's been hitting a lot of ground balls this year. Um, so it's one of those, you know, kind of growth things for him to, you know, release his full potential. He'll probably want to get the ball in the air just a little bit more, um, start hitting those home runs because he's got a limited raw power. Uh, but he's a very good uh, he, he's he's a very good prospect still and, and, and you know could be a big deciding factor in this series. Uh, the Rays actually uh, you know based on the metrics the Rays lineup has actually been better than the Blue Jays. They've been very good uh, as well. Uh, good defensive team. They've got a lot of guys that nobody really knows too much about nationally, but um, are really good players. Uh, guys like Brandon Lau and Joey Wendell and Willie Adamas. Um, and they can also mix and match with the best of them. So this will be an interesting series. Uh, Damian, who do, who do you think who do you, who do you have to win this series? I have the Rays winning this series as well. I just the Snell, Glassnell, Morton haven't been there. I mean, Snell's a former Cy Young, pitched in the playoffs. Morton's pitched, closed out a World Series. Actually, um, Glassnell just fantastic young arm, strike out everybody in the world pretty much. Um, another guy on the Blue Jays I want to to highlight is Kevin Biggio. He's yes. probably been their most consistent and best player this year. Um, and with Vlad Guerrero and Lourdes Gurriel and uh, Bo Bichette, he really flies under the radar. But he's a uh, he's a guy who I would like to to shout out. He he's a guy who could be very pivotal in this series. But in the end, I just think you know number one seed. Obviously, the Rays are just going to be too powerful. Um, yeah. in this series yeah i have the, i have the rays as well um i um i think the key for the rays is going to be their their front two starters um look if they are able to come out and command the baseball in their um in their games i think they'll be in good shape to win the first two um you know i i like kenjin ryu um a lot he's been in the postseason several times with the dodgers and and has pitched really well there but uh, i i really do think the uh the, the front two for the Rays have so much talent that they're going to need uh, they're they're going to need to throw strikes and if the Blue Jays are able to get those starters pitch counts up high the Rays have a very good bullpen but uh, you know all bets are off at that point but um, I, I definitely am thinking the Rays are, are in a prime position to advance here in the series. Yeah, the Rays can't let this be a trap series, though. Yes, they they cannot right. be looking past the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays are a young team who has a chip on their shoulder, um, and they've been playing really well as of late. So yep. definitely, I, we both have the Rays, but but do not look past the Blue Jays. Absolutely. Um, we'll jump over to the number two seed Oakland Athletics versus the number seven seed Chicago White Sox. Um, Athletics are throwing a curveball in here and starting Jesus Lazardo in game one. Uh, he's actually been pitching primarily out of the bullpen the last two to three weeks. So this is a big shocker that they're pitching him in game one. Uh, going against Lucas Giolito. Uh, Giolito's thrown a no-hitter this year. Um, he'll definitely get some some uh, Cy Young votes this year. Uh, Bassett. Bassett was just named uh, for Oakland. Uh, 
Chris Bassett. He was just named the AL Pitcher of the Month this uh, this month. He actually had a .39 ERA for the month of September. Um, so they're pretty much considering him the ace, and the same thing with like what the Blue Jays are doing and pitching their best pitcher in Game Two against Dallas Keuchel, who you know he's been around, been in World Series as well, um, very consistent, but he needs to command the ball if he wants to do. Uh, if he wants to go deep and, and really help this team, if when he's not able to throw strikes, the, he is very much in trouble because he doesn't overpower anybody. Uh, he tops out at like 86, 87. So, and then in game three, they haven't. Neither team has said which starter it's going to be. I, I would assume for Oakland, it's going to be Sean Manaya. Um, for Chicago, though, we have no idea who it would be at all. But. Uh, this is a series where I am actually going to go with the White Sox here over the A's. Uh, I just think with the loss of Matt Chapman for Oakland, um, Matt Olson hasn't been playing the best. Uh, they're trying to fill in. They're pitching, you know, the way going Lazardo against Giolito and then Bassett and Keuchel. With, I, I, I just don't, I don't see Oakland. I mean, they're a good team. They do all the right things. They play fundamentally sound, you know, uh, very good defensively take a lot of pitches, just do all the little things very, very well. But I just think with Giolito, Keuchel, the way Keuchel's looked lately, I'm going to go with the uh, the White Sox here. Yeah, so in, in my opinion, this this will be a, a very interesting series. And this is a contrast to styles a little bit. Uh, the White Sox pound the baseball, and they have good starting pitching. The uh, the, the, the A's have a more, um, they're more of a defensive oriented team and they're in their, in their lineup. So, um, in fact, based on, um, you know, the fan graphs values, they, they were the best defensive team in the big leagues this year. Um, they can still hit the ball. Um, they're, they're pretty average, uh, at, at the plate, but they, they can still hit the ball pretty well. Um, but it'll be interesting cause, cause the blue, the, the, the A's, um, have a great bullpen too. So, looking at this matchup it'll be uh it'll be definitely definite contrast in styles i think the um the key here is going to be i think that that dallas keichel is definitely a key in game two he didn't pitch very well for the braves last year in the postseason but he's got a lot of experience and he's pitched in the postseason in the past pitched in world series games um he can he's definitely a guy who can handle the pressure of a postseason series um i think the key is going to be for him to be able to get the ball on the ground and cause he's never going to strike people out very often and he needs to keep the ball down and throw a lot of strikes, you know, cause his, his thing's all about location, location, location. It's a little different from the Rays talking about them having to, you know, command the ball just to throw strikes. Keuchel's got to command the ball within the zone. And if he could do that, he, he could be very effective. And uh, I think Giolito is one of the best pitchers in the big leagues um, and, and has uh, even more even more potential to be even better than he is now. So uh, Giolito is, is uh, you know, one of the aces in the big leagues. And he's shown that, you know, he, he had this breakout last year and he's gotten it even better this year. So uh, I think I favor the White Sox in this series. Um, the White Sox have struggled of late. They will definitely need to hit the ball better than they have in the last week. That they they've got some guys that have been scuffling a little bit. Uh, they need to get Luis Robert going. Um, he struggled some at, down the stretch. Uh, maybe teams are figuring him out just a little bit. And, uh, but it'll be interesting for sure. I'm I'm excited for this one. But I do think I'm going to pick the White Sox in the series. Yeah, I, I, just too much. I mean, if the, if the A's had Matt Chapman 
and we're starting Manaya game one with Bassett. I probably would have gone the A's, but ever since Chapman's been lost, they have not looked the same um, at all, and and just not having Manaya in one of those first two games and going Lazardo um, first Giolito. I I just that's a big negative for me. So definitely going the White Sox here. Well, let's jump to the number three seed Minnesota Twins versus the number six seed Houston Astros. Um, they have announced uh, the Twins have announced all three of their game uh, starters. Looks like Kenta Maeda is going to be going game one, with Jose Barrios going game two, and Michael Pineda going game three. Uh, Houston has only announced their game one starter, which is going to be Zach Greinke. Uh, pretty sure. Lance McCullers is going to be a game two, um, and then three will probably be somebody like a Jose Arquiti, Amber Valdez, more likely just kind of all-around bullpen games on hand on deck if they need to uh, have a game three. But, I, I mean, I don't know. This this is very tough. When we were talking about it before, we, we were both very much like the Twins, but the Astros, they're just starting to get their guys back, and they're... You know, Jose Altuve is starting to look like himself. Alex Bregman's starting to heat up. They have Correa, who's looked decent all year. You have George Springer back. I mean, their offense is—they've struggled for the majority of the season, but they're really starting to pick it up lately. But we really like Minnesota. Uh, Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson, I, Eddie Rosario. I—they I, just have so many bats that they throw at you, and with the Houston's pitching. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the Twins are a very balanced team. The, the Twins, actually, their pitching is, uh, for Fangraph's war, wins above replacement, they're actually uh, third in the big leagues. Uh, so that's pretty impressive for them. Um, they've got, um, you know, they've got the couple good starters. Obviously, Maeda's had an excellent year, and then, they, but, but, Jose Barrios is very very good as well. Their bullpen's good too. I mean, they've got guys like uh, Trevor May, Taylor Rogers. Um, they got some some big arms back there. So um, I like the I like the Twins in this series as well. Um, I think the the key will have to be whether or not the uh, you know who the Astros are able to throw in games two and three. I know that you know game one they've obviously got a great a stud on the mound at Grinky who's very experienced in the postseason and. You know, a guy who is, you know, he's as cool as they get. Um, but game two and three, I mean, you could see McCullers game two, but I know that he pitched over the weekend. So they had to pitch him, I think, Saturday maybe because he, they, they, they still had uh, they still had to win to get in. So uh, they had to they had to extend him a game. So then uh, game three, I mean, you've got Urquidy, Valdez, probably the two options for him, like, like you said. Um, but. I mean, I, I like the Twins. I like the Twins' offense a little bit better as well. Uh, the Astros, uh, are, like you said, they, they are getting better. Um, Altuve started to play a little bit better this week after his injury, after, after coming back. Um, Springer's been okay. Uh, Correa's been okay. I just I just think that the lineups are, you know, you could even call them a wash that they're so similar in, in skill level. But the Twins have, uh, I think, the better pitching staff. So, um I, I have to go with the Twins as well. 
Yeah, but Houston just has so many injuries. I mean, we've yeah, talked about uh, Verlander. Verlander. Losing. If Verlander was in this series, I might change my mind. But I probably would too. Um, I, I love the Twins. I love what Rocco Baldelli's been able to do over there with that squad. And got a root for for former Dodgers, Kenta Maeda and uh, Rich Hill. They have did yeah. nothing but great things here in L.A., yeah, so and, always and got Rich, a root for them. And Rich Hill could be an X factor in this series coming out of the bullpen because that's a different look he can give you with those curveballs. Could very much be. Well, I think this next series is the best series that we might see out of the entire playoffs. I'm very sad that it's only going to be a three-game series because uh, I think if this was a, a seven-game series, it could go all the way down to all seven. But that's going to be the number four Cleveland Indians versus the number five New York Yankees. Um, game one, you're going to have Shane Bieber versus Garrett Cole, which arguably is the best pitching matchup you can get in the major leagues nowadays. Um, that, that game is going to be absolutely wild. Uh, I believe it starts at 7 Eastern time tomorrow night yep. on ESPN. Yep. That's, so that's 4 correct. West Coast time for everybody out here. Or that's, that, that's uh, five, 5 West Coast time. It's, oh, sorry, 4 West no, Coast. You're, four. you're right. Four. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in the central time zone, so when I hear 7, I think it's 5 West Coast. So. Hey, West Coast time is the only time that matters. It's the best coast. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Game two, it's looking Carrasco, Tanaka. Game three, it's going to be Plesak for the Indians. Uh, they haven't announced who it will be for the Yankees. Uh, our assumption will be J.A. Happ slash a bullpen. Um, but I, that game one is going to be fantastic. I I very much look forward to being able to, to see that game, see Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber matching pitch for pitch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, game one is going to be crazy. Um you know, it's going to be one of those games that uh, a one nothing type game potentially. Um, you know, I watch don't it be like seven six. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but both those pitchers are incredible. Garrett Cole had he had a, a, a little bit of a bumpy ride through this through the middle of the season, but he started to really get back his form from last season at the end. Uh, Bieber has been the best pitcher in the American League all year. Uh, by a pretty good margin, so um, it'll be interesting. I, I, I like the I like the Indians' rotation in this series. I think Carrasco is is good. He's a very under the radar. Um, you know, after after he was you know he came back from from his uh, illness and you know after a couple of years ago and you know he's been under the radar. He's been overshadowed at times by Bieber and you know last year obviously they had Bauer you know for half the season and they had. Clevenger, you know, but those guys are gone now. It's Bieber, Carrasco, and Plesak. And Plesak's been very good this year as well. Um, the thing that I would worry about for both of these teams is when those starters go down, who are you pitching out of the bullpen? The Yankees still have Chapman, obviously. But the Yankees have a couple other guys, too. they got Zach Britton. they got Adam Ottavino. They can pitch those matchups a little bit better than the Indians, I feel like. Um, the Indians have uh, Brad Hand um, coming out of their bullpen. He's pretty good, but... Um, you know, I, I I definitely am thinking the that the uh, that the this is gonna come down to which lineup's able to get the pitcher out of the game first kind of deal, and I like the Yankees' ability to do that. You know, they take they take more pitches, they're they're a more disciplined a team at the plate. Um, the Indians have a couple of superstar players, and Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, but there's a little bit of a um, there's a, there's definitely a, a, a void in, out in the outfield for the Indians, and even though they have made some changes to try to improve their outfield, um, I like the Yankees' ability. I, I like you know obviously their lineups 
gotten healthy lately uh, with Stanton and Judge coming back. Um, I think the Yankees are going to have a they're going to be tough to beat in this series. Yeah, one of the X factors for the Indians is actually a rookie, uh, and that's going to be Tristan McKenzie. For sure, um, he is going to be coming out of the bullpen, but. Uh, when he's transitioned to that role during the regular season, he's looked very, very good. He hasn't given up a run. Um, I think he's punched out in two innings. He's punched out five. Uh, so he, he is a guy who can be very pivotal coming out of that bullpen for the Indians, especially after you know Carrasco or Plesac. Uh, I don't know how much you're going to need after Bieber, but he, he's going to be somebody that's very, very pivotal. I believe... To me, I'm just going with the Indians here. I just don't trust the pitching after Garrett Cole um, in, in Tanaka or Hap or whoever it may be. I mean, Chapman's nice, but he's a shutdown guy at the end. Um, we've seen him when he comes into games that are tied or when they're behind, and he always doesn't do the, the greatest. Um, just look back to the uh, ALCS last year. But I I just go with the, the Indians here. They've they're playing very nice. Offense is firing on all cylinders. And the Yankees, I mean, with Judge and Stanton having come back from injury, they haven't looked themselves. They haven't looked to the MVP levels that they can both play at. Um, definitely Luke Voigt and DJ LeMahieu can help that a little bit. But all in all, I just think the Indians are going to be too much in this matchup. So I'm picking the Indians. Yeah, the Yankees have uh, the Yankees lineup depth is has got to be important. But uh, but yeah, as as you said, I that's that's a good point in these postseason series especially these three game series you only need three starting pitchers so if you got a four and a five who are pretty good like like the indians do with with savali and uh and, and tristan mckenzie um you know you can throw them out of your bullpen similar to what the nationals did last year in the postseason being able to throw you know like a patrick corbin out of the bullpen uh, that's a that's a very important aspect that you know is is kind of under the radar in these in these cases so uh yeah i'm I'm excited for this series as well i think this is going to be a very entertaining series and um you know it's one of the more difficult ones for me to pick so who are are you going with the yankees Uh, yeah i'm I'm, i am going with the yankees for sure all righty well that wraps up our american league talk so let's jump over to the national league where we have the number one seed los angeles dodgers hosting the number eight seed milwaukee Brewers. Um, the Brewers, because they were fighting until the last day, actually until their last out, pretty much on Sunday. After, after their last out, because they yeah, after the even, Giants to lose. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible call, by the way. If you watch that Giants game, that umpire, I think they said he missed 27 pitches on Jeez. the Giants alone in that game. It's awful. Um, so that was... And some of his misses were bad, like five inches off the plate. Like, it was very, very bad. Um, But because of that, the Brewers had to pitch their pitchers Mm -hmm. to remain in contention. So they have not announced who they will be starting at all, which is actually very Brewer-like. If you remember back to the 2018 NLCS, these teams matched up, and they actually threw a fake pitcher for one batter. Um, I think that's kind of where the whole three-batter minimum kind of thing started was because in a playoff game, the Brewers uh, threw left-hander Wade Miley because the Dodgers platooned a lot, which means they got a lot of the right-hand bats in the lineup to face the lefty. And I think they just intentionally walked the first batter, didn't they? 
I um, don't remember if they intentionally walked the first batter, but was, I, he might have pitched to the first batter and then and then they pulled him like immediately. Yeah, yeah, it was either he pitched. It was only like three or four pitches, um, so I don't know if he intentionally walked him or not. But it was right after that they pulled him and brought a right-hander in just to get the advantage. Um, they ended up not working out, but that's just the kind of things the Brewers do, uh, and they kind of have to because of their you know their low budget and yeah. just kind of have to find the matchups where they can. But uh. But they haven't announced their pitching yet. The Dodgers have announced at least Game 1 and Game 2. Uh, They're going to be starting Walker Bueller in Game 1 and Clayton Kershaw in Game 2. Uh, this is going to be... I, I don't know how the Brewers with their pitching is going to line up, but they're going to need MVP Yelich to come back. Uh, Christian Yelich has not looked like himself this year. Um, he's shown little bits of flashes here and there, but never uh, a sustained success from it. Uh, and if they want any shot to win in this game, this series, they need Christian Yelich to be MVP Yelich again. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, if you look at the, the the Dodgers pitching rotation in this series, uh, you know Bueller has has been had a little bit of an up and down year. Kershaw though has been spectacular this year. I think this might be another case where you flip flop who who would be your one and two. Um, you know, because I think Kershaw has been their ace this year um, over Bueller, but you know they might be flipping that one and two giving kershaw that that either clinch game or uh elimination game depending on what happens in game one so i think um it'll be interesting the brewers i, I know that one of those pitchers will be brandon woodruff who is going to be very very difficult to beat um you know he really did a lot to put the brewers into the position that they're in in, in the wild card series um and they, they'll need him to pitch I, I would assume he'd probably pitch game two but oh, it's got to be game two. Yeah. I mean, he had a home run off Kershaw. Oh yeah, I, re- I remember that. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I know that um, if, when you look at um, when when you look at the Brewers bullpen, you, you got a guy like Devin Williams who he might end up coming out and pitching, you know, starting one of these games as an opener. Um, but you you got Josh Hader lurking back there who can always go out and throw you at least two innings out of the bullpen if you need him to. Which in a postseason format, I mean. They're gonna they're gonna use their their guy, so um, the Brewers ha- have have some advantages there. But I think the Dodgers lineup is a lot deeper. I mean, the they do need to keep you know they need to keep getting guys like like Bellinger and Muncy going. I I I think that they've got um, you know, but but even if they don't get going in this series, I think Betts and Seager who have been great all year. AJ Pollock's had a good year. Um, oh. You know, Will Smith, the catchers had a good year. I think those guys. I think that's going to be too much for the Brewers. They're gonna. It's going to be very difficult for the Brewers to limit that offense to the point where the Brewers' offense, which has really struggled, you know, even if Yelich plays out of his mind or something, they're going to need more than just Yelich. They're going to need Arcia to to step up and play really well. They're going to need Keston Hira to step up and play really well. They're going to need Braun to play like a vintage Ryan Braun. So um, I think there's a lot for the Brewers to have to overcome to to compete in the series. So I I think the Dodgers win the series fairly easily, in my opinion. I hope so. Um, But secretly, uh, Cody Bellinger's actually been on a very big hot streak. Yeah, um, he's he's played a lot better lately, for sure. He he finally, we've talked about it. uh, I don't know if we've brought it on the podcast before, but we've talked about his stance a lot. I know privately between me and you. But he finally closed his stance off like I had been saying he needed to do for so long because that's what he did last year. Um, and he tweaked it, tweaked it, and played with open it up. 
But ever since he closed that stance back up, he I think they said he's hitting about 387 since that point. Um, and one of the be- big things for Cody Bellinger is he's not trying to pull the ball and everything. When he's taking the power, he's actually going opposite field gap, which when he's on, that's something that is very, very big for him. So, I mean, he, watch out, Brewers. If you get Cody Bellinger starting to look like MVP Bellinger with Betts and Seeger and Pollock and Turner, how they've all looked this year, it's uh, it's going to be a very scary situation. But Yep. Well, obviously, I'm going with the Dodgers, and I'm guessing you're going with the Dodgers as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I'm for sure going with the Dodgers. All righty. Well, this might be the second best series that we have um, in the playoffs. Oh, I yeah. might even jump up and be the best series. Uh, I know you're not as excited for it as <laughs> I am. Um, that involves the number two seed Atlanta Braves facing the number seven seed at Cincinnati Reds who, if you guys have followed along this year, we've talked a lot about that Reds rotation. Um, they're most likely going to have the Cy Young and Trevor Bauer. Uh, you're going to have Jose Castillo pitching game two, Sonny Gray pitching game three. Uh, this is going to be a very, very fun pitching matchups to watch. Um, the Reds are probably the team nobody wanted to face because of that, especially in a three-game series. Maybe when it expands to a five-game in the next uh if you move on from this one, maybe they're not as much of a threat. But, I mean, Freed versus Bauer, that's going to be a very good matchup. Freed's looked very, very good this year. Um, yes, he, he did roll his ankle, but he has thrown a bullpen since then. Um, and he is all cleared to start. Uh, I thought game two was going to be Ian Anderson. Did they pull that they, back? They haven't. They never announced it. That's the assumption is that it'll be oh. Ian Anderson. Um, and then the assumption for game three for the Braves will be Kyle Wright. But they haven't announced anything yet. I'm assuming they're just going to wait till the, you know, depending on who wins game one, they might change their mind on which, which pitcher starts game two. Um, for the Reds, it'll obviously, they have announced it'll be Castillo and Gray game two and three. Um, I, I, this series is going to be interesting. We talked about the the A's and um, the A's and White Sox being a contrast of styles. This series is definitely the Braves have the what, possibly the best offense in the in the majors when everyone's healthy. Um, they actually finished in uh, I think I think they were tied for the lead in the national and the majors in WRC plus this season. Um, were high in the ranks in own base percentage. Uh, which I think they actually led in on-base percentage uh, and in slugging percentage, which I believe they also led. So, uh, but And they also had guys injured part of the year. I mean, Ozzie Albies missed a lot of the year. Uh, Ronald Acuna missed 14 games this year. So uh, that's that, that's going to be interesting to see. And then the Reds have the monstrous 1-2-3 at the top of their rotation and Bauer, Castillo, and Gray, who have all been spectacular this year. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the, the, a couple notes on the Reds that their offense has been not great. Um, they've really struggled. Some of their guys who typically are, you know, very solid have struggled. Suarez being one, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, Joey Votto has struggled at times. He's he's gotten it back together a little bit, you know, second half of the season, but he he really struggled at the start of the season. Um, 
So it'll be very interesting to see it. Jesse Winkers has been very good against right-handed pitching this year. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. I, I think the Reds have a monstrous advantage in their starting pitching, and I think the Braves have a monstrous advantage in their lineup. So it might come down to which bullpen is better, and I think that would definitely be the Braves' bullpen. But at the same time, starting pitching can mask a bad bullpen if your guys go seven, eight innings. Um, which, you know, it's entirely possible the Reds do. This is this is the hardest series for me to pick. And not, not just because I'm a Braves fan and wanting the Braves to win, but this is a series where the, the Braves have this history, uh, you know, the last couple years, you know, in 2018 playing the Dodgers and, and kind of just being there was a big deal for them. But last year, fully expecting to win the, the, the uh, NLDS series against the Cardinals and then choking it away, really. Um, choking away games games one and four, and then in, in game five, just having that abysmal first inning, it's going to be very difficult for the Braves uh, going forward until they win a series. I think they I think there's a monkey on their back. They got they got to get the monkey off their back, and um, in order to get to where they're you know winning these series more often, and um, I think that talent wise. I think the Braves are better, but my gut just tells me the Reds are going to be able to win this series. And, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a very tough matchup for the Braves. So, um, but we'll, we'll see this. This is the hardest one to pick in my opinion. I think it's, it's a toss up really. Yeah. Which we, uh, we've said that this is going to be the matchup that is best beat best, uh, best versus best. Whoever wins is going to win by either their pitching or their hitting. Um, it's either going to be the Reds winning by shutting you guys down or the Braves are going to win by scoring a lot of runs. Um, that's just the way – something's got to give in this series. I, I just – to me, I just think that the the inexperience of the Braves rotation, even though they have such a good bullpen, is going to gonna lead to some troubles. I mean, we've Bauer's been to the postseason – been to a World Series. Uh, Sonny Gray's been to the postseason, pitched in high leverage games. Castillo hasn't been there as much, but he's never, there's a guy. He's never been there, I don't think. Then, no, he's never been to the playoffs at all. I mean, the Reds have really struggled lately. Um, but I mean, his changeup is disgusting. So yeah. I don't know how the Braves uh, how the Braves do against changeups, but if they they're if they are not good against changeups, Castillo is going to be a guy who is very tough to face. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Reds in this one as well. Yeah, and another factor in this series that hasn't really been discussed very much, you know, around the around the big leagues is that the Braves, how healthy they are is going to be a big deal because uh, Ronald Acuna's missed time at parts parts of the season. You know, they held him out of a couple games this past weekend um, just as a precaution. But, you know, you never know if he's not feeling 100%. That could be worrisome. And then, you know, they had a guy in Chris Martin get pulled out of a game this past week the Braves best reliever it sounds like he'll be ready he'll be good to go but you just you just never you just never know how healthy he is and as well as Max Freed who's pitching game one he got pulled out of a game as a precaution after rolling his ankle which you would think a, a, you know just a, a rolled ankle wouldn't be that big of a deal you know it's not something like an arm issue where the, he might have a shoulder strain or something that would be really really bad but um, that's definitely going to be a factor in this in this series is how healthy are the Braves. If, if they're healthy, I think they have a good shot in these games. If, if not, then I think they are going to struggle to win this series. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It'll, it'll be very interesting. So, Yeah. 
Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to the number three seeded Cubs versus the number six seeded uh, Miami Marlins. Uh, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that the Miami Marlins, even if it's a 60-game shortened season, was going to be the number six seed in the playoffs, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, so the the Marlins, you have to give a shout-out to Don Mattingly, um, manager of the year. Uh, he better be the manager of the year, or I know there's going to be a lot of upset people. He has done a fantastic job. Um, he went there, dealt with the entire rebuild after the horrible tragedy with Jose Fernandez, um, and then deal, dealing with a change in ownership, trading their three best people, who two of them have won MVPs, and Marcelo Zuna could very much as well be in the MVP conversation this year uh, for the Braves. So big shout-out to Don Mattingly. Uh, I, this series, none of their pitching matchups have been announced yet. We're pretty sure it's going to be a U Darvish, Kyle Hendricks game one and two for the Cubs, whichever way they decide to do that. Um, believe it's going to be six though for game one for the Marlins with Pablo Lopez game two. I believe that's what we said. Yeah, I think based on how they lined up this past week, I think the three are pretty interchangeable. Uh, but I think that the, the thought is that six though game one, Pablo Lopez game two, and Alcantara game three. Uh, for the Marlins and the Cubs, there's just no telling who'll be game three. My assumption is that it could be a bullpen type game, but they could start, um, you know, like an Alec Mills. They can start uh, Lester. They can I start. Think it's gotta be Lester. I think it, it probably does have to be Lester. He, he's he's been really just consistent this year, but he's got that experience. Track yeah. record, Wrigley Field. I. I I just even if it, they don't stick with them for very long, if they only start Lester for three innings, uh, I you know, and then go to um, Albert or Al, I always Al mess Al Azale, yeah, if they can go to him or uh, or Mills. And don't but, forget uh, that Jose Quintana has been has come yeah. back, and and they could go to him in a, in a bullpen situation too. And and this is another case like like we talked about earlier uh, in the show. You get you get in the postseason and you don't need five six starters anymore. You need three, maybe four, and it, at later on in the postseason. So the Cubs could use a couple of their starters out of the bullpen. You know that has been one of the worst bullpens in the major leagues. You know they could throw you know Quintana, they could throw Mills, they could throw you know it's depending if they decide to start someone else game three for some reason they could throw Lester out of the pen. There, there's a lot of different options there that they could decide to use. Um, and uh, that's that's very helpful when you, you've got this, you know, these three game series. You, you don't really need that fourth starter at all. So um, right. it's all hands on deck. And uh, for the Marlins, um, you know, I, I think that their starting rotation honestly lines up to be even with the Cubs, in my opinion. I think that, you know, Sixto Sanchez is probably a similar to what a game three pitcher would be for the Cubs. And I think Alcantara and uh, Pablo Lopez match up decently well i think darvish is the best pitcher in this series for sure but um they both match up decently well with uh with hendrix so the marlins could surprise some people here i, I don't expect them to win the series but um I, don't, I think most people are writing them off the cubs have really 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 struggled this year at the plate and uh the marlins have some good starting pitching and that could be a big deal the, the marlins have a couple guys who can hit the ball um much better than people expect them to. I, you've got Jesus Aguilar, who's who's got who's had postseason experience on that team. Uh, Corey Dickerson, who ha didn't have a fantastic year, but you know he's he's a guy who's been around a long time, veteran player. Um, 
You got uh, Brian Anderson is a very good player that nobody talks about because he's on the Marlins. Garrett Cooper's had a fantastic year for them. Um, and, and Starling Marte is another guy. He's been in the postseason before. He's had a good year and a trade acquisition at the deadline for the Marlins. That uh, this team is uh, this team is better than people expect them to be. Um, I think this comes down to you know whether whether or not the Cubs offense can take take it back to what they have been in the past. Javi Baez has had a horrible year. Can he go back into his you know almost MVP level form? Uh, you, you know, Chris Bryant has had a pretty good last week of the season, but other than that last few days, he was horrible this year and has dealt with injuries all year. Is he going to be able to play like the MVP Chris Bryant that led him to a World Series, or is he going to play like, you know, the Chris Bryant that we've seen this year who's battled injury all year? Um, Anthony Rizzo has been good this year, but I don't know if he's been quiet what Anthony Rizzo has been in the past. Schwarber hasn't been quiet what Schwarber's been in the past. You've got a lot of guys on that Cubs team that have not been up to, you know, their standard this year. And um, this is going to be interesting. I, I think the Marlins could take advantage of that if, if the these Cubs players aren't, you know, playing like they have been before. If they're playing like they have during this regular season, uh, the Marlins could take advantage. And, and I could see the Marlins winning the series. I will pick the Cubs, though, because – I think that there's too much experience there, and, and I, I think yeah. the pitching, while the Marlins' starting pitching is really good, I think the Cubs might just be a little bit better with with Darvish and Hendricks being able to go game one and two. Yeah, especially with Kyle Hendricks uh, pitching at home, uh, his home road splits are crazy this year. Uh, he has like a under one ERA at Wrigley, but on the road he has like above a five ERA. It, it's so especially with them having to go into Wrigley being the lower-seeded team, uh, Darvish and Hendricks matching up there, that's going to be very tough for them to do, uh, to beat. But uh, like you said, there's too much experience here with the Cubs. I, I, I would not be absolutely shocked if the Marlins did win this series, but for for prediction sakes, I'm going to go with the Cubs here. Uh, just too much too much talent and experience there not to uh, to pick it up. Well, let's go ahead and jump over to the last series, which is probably the series of the two teams that have come in the worst into the playoffs. Even though they're four and five seed, they've both really limped into the playoffs here. Uh, you got the four seed San Diego Padres first the five seed St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, Padres were a big thing, playing really well for a long stretch of the season. But Tatis really started struggling at near the end of the season. Um, you know, Cronenworth kind of started taking a little bit of step back. Just everybody wasn't playing the way they were at one point, and they lost a lot of pitching. Um, Kirby Yates hasn't been healthy all year. Um, we'll talk about Mike Clevenger and Denelson Lamette, who probably one or both could not pitch in this series. Um, we're really not sure because uh, Mike Clevenger left his last start with a elbow he had been dealing with some bicep tightness already um, and then something happened he got a cortisone shot now um, and they're pretty much just waiting to see what his pain tolerance is and you know what he can do uh, command wise and, and how his stuff looks but I would be surprised if Clevenger pitches in the series just because of that uh, Denilson Lamette they were optimistic he could pitch game one but they haven't announced if he will be able to or not um, I believe he was dealing with some bicep tightness as well. Uh, but usually 
forearm tightness is more what you're worried about. Bicep doesn't really affect you as much. Um, but if neither one of them can pitch in this series, that is a big blow to the San Diego Padres. Uh, the Cardinals have announced uh, all three of their starters they're going with. I, I don't even know. It's Hung Young Kim. Is that right? I, I could so. be pronouncing that wrong. Um, my Sorry. Apologies if I do. Uh, he's a rookie this year, so we don't know much about him. Um, especially in a... Uh, it's Quang Young Kim. Wang Young Kim. All right, that's what we're going to go with that. Um, they're pitching Adam Wainwright in game two um, and Jack Flaherty in game three. Um, Kim's actually probably been their best pitcher this year. Um, but being a rookie, it's going to be interesting. He was actually started the season as their closer, and then he jumped into the rotation after coming off the injured list. So it's going to be very fascinating to see what he can do against this young Padres lineup. But Man, the Padres just have so much talent on the offensive side of the ball. Um, with Tatis, Machado, Grisham's looked very good this year. Hosmer, Nola. I mean, we've talked about all the trades they've made. I mean, the Padres just, man, the Cardinals are really, really struggling at the plate. Even though we don't know what pitching they're going to go up against. Man, it's just so hard to pick against the Padres here. Yeah, and, and I and I have to agree with you. Um, the Cubs, I mean, not the Cubs, the the Cardinals. Apologies, the Cubs fans, they're not going to like that. Um, but the the Cardinals are a little bit similar to the A's to me. There's no real thing that stands out for them. They're they're not an exceptionally good hitting team. They're not an exceptionally good starting pitching. Um, I think the the reason the Cardinals aren't quite what the A's were this year is the bullpen. I think the A's have a much better bullpen, but uh, the Cardinals play good defense. They play sound fundamental baseball. They have some good players in their lineup, a lot of experience in, in postseason games that, you know, they were there, went to the NLCS last year um, with, uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt is a good player, good performer in the postseason. Um, you've got uh, Colton Wong and Paul DeYoung, um, they, Dexter Fowler is a postseason hero from from 2016, um, and and has performed very well in the postseason. You've got a lot of guys on that Cardinals team who have been there, um, so I don't think the Cardinals are that good, and I don't really give them too much of a chance. But but with that pitching, I I, I don't know. I, I looked up Kwang uh, Hyun Kim, um, and um, you know he's a guy that the that the Cardinals brought in from the KBO. Uh, this season and he's been very good he has a 162 era on the season um oh. but a lot of that you know has been some some babbit pluck um he's got a very low batting average on balls and play allowed um and but his peripherals are showing pretty well he gets a lot of ground balls over 50 percent and uh but his strikeout rate's extremely low only 5.54 strikeouts per nine innings so that'll be an interesting thing to, to watch against the padres um I like the Padres lineup. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr., um, Will Myers had a good year. Obviously, Manny Machado is an MVP candidate. He's he's very good. Uh, Trent Grisham. I, I mean, I just I think the Padres have a much better lineup. Um, a lot's going to depend on the starting pitching for the Padres, whether or not the Cardinals are able to really contend in the series. I think the Padres are going to need one of Donelson Lamette or Clevenger to pitch. I think it's pretty likely that you, you do see uh, Lamette in the series, but Clevenger, I, I'd be a little bit surprised if you see Clevenger. You never want to mess with elbow injuries for pitchers, but um, you never know. I mean, I know Clevenger's a gamer and I know he'll want to be out there. So, um, 
you know, Donelson Lamette's been very good this year, though, and you would like to see him pitch in the series, get that experience. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the about the Padres because they're a team that I, I think they're a little bit similar to, to maybe the Braves last year in that they come in here, have a great offense with, with this all this young talent, but they haven't really been there too much. Um, this is their first cup of coffee in, in this situation. So you could, it depends on how they handle the pressure. I mean, are you going to see a team that comes in and plays like they – have nothing to lose plays like they own the place or you're going to have a team that comes in, you know, worried about this saying, Oh gosh, we're in the postseason. Let's are, do we actually, or can we actually do this and, and tightens up? So it'll be interesting. I have to think that they're going to, the way that the Padres players are, um, you know, personality wise, I think that the Padres are going to do very well in this series. I, I think they're going to do well in the postseason. Um, you're going to see guys like Fernando Tatis jr. And Manny Machado really show out, um, you know, I know Trent Gresham wants to make up for his mistake in the wild card game last year when he was a member of the Brewers, making the error that really cost the Brewers the game. Um, so started on that one. Yeah, it, that play. We don't have to face the Nationals. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think that you're going to see a very good, um, a very, a very interesting series here. But I, I really think if if the Padres pitching is able to be healthy enough, which even after Lamette and Clevenger, they do have some good pitchers. Uh, Zach Davies has had a good year. You know, they have Garrett Richards there who hasn't been great, but he has shown the ability to have a good outing every, every couple outings. He's really just been a little inconsistent. So if you end up even without Lamette and Clevenger, if you have a, if you get a really good outing from, um, from, from Richards and Davies pitches like Davies has against the lineup that's really struggled at times. I, I really think the Padres are a shoe in here. I, I, I'm going to pick them, um, you know, for sure. It's probably the easiest pick of the postseason. And an X factor might be um, a guy who's really, really struggled this year um, for the Padres, and that's Chris Paddock. Yeah. He has not looked very good at all, um, but I would not be surprised to see them in a in a game where they need somebody to go to him he's been man he his he has so good stuff his changeup is disgusting but i don't know i don't know if it's command i don't know he just he doesn't look like he finishes his pitches enough um yeah he'll throw a good he'll throw a good one and then he'll just throw one that hangs um but if I would not be surprised in a situation like this if Jace, Jace Tingler just decides, hey, let's go to Paddock and kind of give him that vote of confidence. And if yeah. they can get him rolling as well, putting him with Lamette and uh, Clevenger if they come back healthy, especially with Davies, that can be that can be very very scary with the thought for the Padres. Yeah, for sure. And and I think one one thing that I've seen with uh with um with Paddock and I don't know because I haven't watched him all that much this year. But I had read something where the, some of some of the analysts were talking about how his fastball was a little bit flat. So I don't know if that's been the case or not, but it's just something that I kind of read or, or I might have seen it. I think I, I think it was Pedro Martinez talking about it maybe on TV, but uh, they had kind of talked about how Paddock was maybe a little bit flat with his fastball and that if he can get a little bit more movement on that, he could, his stuff will play up a lot better again, like it did last year for the first half. So that'll be interesting. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for, all these playoff series and uh so yeah and, and uh one thing we want to mention as well is that these series will all be done 
uh, I think before Friday. Friday's the Friday will be game three for the National League series. So yes, so the, by the time we talk to you guys again, all these series will be done, and we will have another prediction video or not for video, another um, prediction podcast of pretty much the rest of the postseason. Uh, yes, the wild card round is three game series. They're so wild. We didn't want to do a full, a full on prediction, um, for the entire thing, but we will have that next week. Uh, but to break down our predictions for now, um, we only have one difference, yep. and that is you're going with the Yankees, I'm going with the Indians in that series. Everything else, we're both going Rays, White Sox, Twins, Reds, Padres, Cubs, Dodgers. Um, so that is our predictions, and like we said, they will be done by the time next time we talk to you. So be very interesting. Uh, yes. And let us know if you guys, if you guys are listening to this before any of the games start, what your guys' predictions would be. Um, be one way we want to just try and, and get you guys involved is, you know, to share our predictions and let you guys do a little bit of predicting um, for those who have listened with us and and know the game. But uh, it's gonna wrap that up. So why do you say we jump over to the players of the week that we have? Let's do it. Um, so who do you have as your hitter of the week? So my hitter of the week this week is uh, going to be Jose Ramirez. Um, before I talk about his week he had this week, let me talk about his overall for this season. In 58 games, he hit 292 with a 386 on base and a 607 slugging percentage. He hit 17 home runs, and that adds up to a 3.4 wins above replacement. When you, know, when you add that great offensive work to his uh, fantastic defense, he plays at third, which uh, the 3.4 wins above replacement actually uh, at the end of the season led the majors uh believe it or not he, he snuck up there and led the majors and in fact that, that is also a higher number than he put up last season in 129 games so uh what a good year for jose ramirez uh, he's he's been a very good player for a, for a while now um had a near mvp season just a couple years ago but uh this past week um uh, he's really carried the indians um, he hit uh, 364 with a 517 on base and a 909 slugging this past week uh, with two home runs. Um, had a 264 WRC plus, um, and that is spectacular. Um, he didn't get exceptionally lucky at the plate either. Um, you know, he made some hot, hard contact outs too. Um, he didn't strike out much, walked a lot. Um, this is a guy that. Uh, you know, he really has put his team in, in a position to win or to, to be in the in a, in a series in the playoffs this year because he's been, um, you know, he's really carried that team. Lindor has been good, but he hasn't been quiet what he usually is. So they really needed a big year from Jose Ramirez and he's delivered it. He's my he's my MVP candidate or my MVP pick for the American League. So uh, I, I really like what in this past this last week solidified that, in my opinion. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll do some predictions for MVP and postseason or awards. Uh, maybe next week. Might yeah, be sounds good. See what, see what we got to break down. Um, well, my hitter of the week is a rookie. Uh, his name is Key Brian Hayes from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, a couple interesting notes that made me pick him were over this weekend he had eight straight at bats with a hit, which is unheard of at one point. Um, over this week he's batted five nineteen. Uh, 567 on base and 852 slug almost put up a full win above replacement uh you know his his weighted runs created is a 276 he had a couple home runs 
Uh, but the the most interesting fact I found about him was that he will be the first player to in history to get rookie of the year votes in back to back seasons. So the way the rookie um, number happened between the whole COVID season and last year, he didn't meet rookie eligibility uh, to lose his rookie status, I should say, from last season. But he came up, played enough games to where people felt he made an impact, so he got some rookie of the year votes. It was never really a real threat to win it. But uh, since he's come up this year, uh, and he's played a lot of games this year, he will get more rookie of the year votes this year as well. Still don't think he has a sh shot to win it, but... Uh, that, that's pretty cool for something that's never happened in history for him to be the first player to uh to get rookie of the year votes in back-to-back -back seasons sure. it's pretty fascinating for sure and i, I do want to make one honorable mention this week i went ahead i picked jose ramirez because of his team being in that in that pennant chase but i do want to mention had how uh at alberto mondes he did this week he hit mm -hmm. 615 this week so yeah uh, in any other week i probably would have picked him but you know with the with the postseason coming up and, and this being the last week in the pennant chase i went ahead and picked jose ramirez but 615 for alberto mondesi this week is um pretty crazy and that also included two home runs at five stolen bases so yeah it's a guy we, in a week is yeah, that's, a, that's a lot of course if you're getting on base at a 655 clip that he did this week you got a lot of chances to run so um <laughs> he uh he had a great week and and it was kind of more of that adalberto mondesi that we expected to to see break out at some point We'll see, you know, maybe this last week with him playing so well, maybe it boosts him going forward, next, you know, the start of the next year. So Hopefully. He was um, almost my pick as well. But, uh, yeah. well, I'll go ahead and just keep along with my pitcher of the week. Um, actually, pretty funny. My hitter and pitcher of the week are both from the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have been the worst team in the majors this year. Um, they will have the number one draft pick in next year's MLB draft. But uh, I will be going with, pitcher joe musgrove um, he's a guy who was a part of the big garrett cole trade when garrett cole got traded from the pirates to the houston astros him and colin moran were the two big kind of names in that deal um, and musgrove's really struggled to find consistency um, but he has these weeks um, and even a month at some point when he gets on a very good hot streak um, and over his last, it was 13 innings, he gave up six hits, two walks, and 21 strikeouts. That is insane. That adds up to a 1286 strikeouts per nine. Um, didn't give up a run. Uh, what do you have? A uh, Look at this. A 1.29 walks per nine. Got ground balls at a 61.5% rate, which is very, very high. Um, it just a very good week from Joe Musgrove, um, and especially being on one of the uh, the bad teams, I felt he deserved a a shout out. Yeah, I got you. That that's that sounds that sounds uh sounds like you know, maybe the Braves should have made that trade that they had talked about <laughs> with, with the Pirates with Joe yeah. Musgrove. Probably. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a big help for them in the postseason. So, um, but yeah, my, my pick is, uh, going to be Brandon Woodruff. Um, he, um, you know, the, the Brewers lost Corbin Burns, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago and for at least for this first postseason series and possibly the more, um, uh, should they advance, but, the Brewers have, uh, Brandon Woodruff has been a very good pitcher for the last couple of years. Um, he had a fantastic week, put the Brewers on his back, really 13 and two thirds innings pitched this week. Um, he put up a, um, 
He put up a one one twelve point five one strikeout per nine and a one point nine eight walk per nine week. Um, his ground ball rate's always very good as well. He's he's had a lot of a lot of ground ball outs. Um, just a a guy who they the Brewers had to have him have a good week. He's really their their one guy that's a you know a, a solid starting pitcher after the injuries that they've had and um he he had that week and he's pretty much the main reason that they were able to sneak into the playoffs over the giants so uh that's uh that that's a spectacular way to finish his season which has been a very good season so uh I, i'm picking brandon woodruff who, who is your pitcher oh who's you joe said musgrove. joe musgrove that's right so yeah. that's good um a couple one, one other one other guy that i wanted to mention uh that had a very good season um an honorable mention maybe it's uh marco gonzalez had a good week this week too and uh he actually put up a fantastic season under one walk per nine and uh 310 era in 69 and two-thirds innings um he had a great season and he had a great yeah yeah that's true (laughs) he had a he had a good finish to his season as well with with 13 innings pitched this this last week and a 138 era so that's a uh you know, that, that was a very good finish to his season. Yeah, I would, I would feel a lot more comfortable if Marco Gonzalez was starting game two for the uh, New York Yankees than uh, Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, very shout out to uh, to Gonzalez, though. He, guy who's been traded before and got yep. a big extension um, from the Mariners after, you know, he didn't have the greatest years. Solid, but never fantastic. Um, and this year was a, a big breakout year for him. Yeah, he's always been a number three or four type pitcher, and this year he became more of a number two. You know, he took that that next step. step. So. Shout out to Marco Gonzalez. Uh, but that will wrap up our wild card preview breakdown uh, prediction episode. Uh, this was very fun. Uh, I'm sad that the regular season is over, but Nothing, nothing will cure that sadness more than postseason baseball. It's the best. Uh, uh, it's the best baseball of the year, the postseason, and everybody, you know, that this is the goal for every team coming into the season is to make it here and then figure it out once you get here. And uh, I think we've got 16 teams here that are going to be very good. I'm not huge on that whole expanded postseason thing yet, but um, but I think it's going to be for it works for a 60 game season because of a lack of you know sample size. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, you got a couple teams that haven't been here, three teams in the National League that haven't been here in a long time, mm-hmm. um, in the Reds, the Marlins, and the uh, and the Padres. And you're going to have some some teams that are really excited to be here in the American League as well, with the White Sox being there, haven't been there in a long time. Um, it, this is going to be a very 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 exciting postseason. You're going to see. I mean, what, what do we have? Eight games, eight postseason baseball games on Wednesday. Starting from going from noon Eastern to probably, you know, at least midnight Eastern for the Dodgers game. I mean, it's going to be crazy. So um, very excited. I'm going to be sitting back watching a lot of baseball and I'm sure you will too. And it's going to be a fun week. Yeah, man, this screw this whole coronavirus, man. I mean, this would have been so fun having 50,000 people. Packed oh my gosh. Screaming. Like, could you imagine what the some of the reactions you'd get for that that Cole or uh, Bieber game or, or oh what the gosh. Padres would do if Tatis hit a big home run. I mean, man, just the 
the thought of that just gives me chills. Um, unfortunately, we can't have that because of coronavirus being stupid. <laughs> Go away. Maybe, maybe uh, ne- I'm sure we'll get it back next year. So hopefully, I mean, there's some rumors that maybe within the bubble for the World Series they might have something. Might have some fans. I, I don't, I don't know if it, we'll, if it we'll obviously that, won't so. be. It obviously won't be the fifty thousand like right. we want it to be. But anyways, well, thank you guys for listening in. Uh, hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Sorry, it's a uh, a day late, but we uh, we wanted to make sure we had everything right before we brought it to you. Um, so you guys could get the best up-to-date information before these games start. So uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode, and we will catch you guys on Sunday. Yep, thanks, everybody.